G'day, I'm Ryan King and I'm one of the legal advisors in CESA's Labour Department. G'day, I'm Nadine Holland from CESA Labour. Today's topic is one that has caused a lot of controversy over the years. Uh, we're discussing labour brokers or temporary employment services and it's got a long history. It's been the subject matter of numerous court cases. But that's a start off for everybody to identify what is a labour broker, what does a labour broker do? So a labour broker is a company or a person that is sourcing labourers for the client. So what happens there is this person or this company will source labourers on a temporary basis to assist the client. And the key word there is a temporary basis. And that was what the issues the unions had with this relationship. There was no job security for staff that were provided by a labour broker. There was no equal pay or similar conditions of employment. Certainly wasn't provident funds and retirement annuities given to them. And that was always the issue with the, the unions. The unions fought this tooth and nail and they were putting it on Kusata's agenda literally every year. So let's just deal with how, how to deal with a labour broker if you have one in your workplace. What are the risks with labour brokerage? So with labour broker, employees never have the satisfaction of how long they will be in service, no matter where they work. It basically just depends and they are expecting the labour broker to then place them places if the employer or the client doesn't need their services anymore. So this has been the subject matter of the court cases and the court cases were asked a very simple question. Whose employee is it? Is it the employer of the client? Or does he belong to the labour broker in terms of his contract of employment? Mm -hmm. And that's where the waters got a bit murky. And we've had numerous court cases that ruled one way or the other. But effectively, the legal position is, at this point, that labour brokers are, and clients have a dual employment relationship. Definitely. Which means that that employee effectively, upon termination of the services, can elect who he deems his employer and refer them to the CCMA. Definitely, whether it's the labour broker or the client where you was placed at. And that creates a headache for, for clients, is that although it is incredibly handy back in the past when we were having these labour brokers and you had unfettered ability to say to the labour broker, please, I can't deal with employee X, remove him from site. Mm -hmm. That was a, a common thing. And yes. as a result of that, that's where this tumultuous relationship with labour brokers began. And that was the reason why labour, well, unions effectively then chose to fight this battle so hard. Mm -hmm. So at this point now, you don't have that unfettered access anymore. No, you have to really consider whether you are taking appropriate action by having someone removed from site, whether it is at the instruction of the client or from the labour broker, because ultimately you both could be presenting yourselves at the CCMA to justify your decision. What is the way forward, Nadine, regarding labour brokers in your opinion? So, labour brokers just need to be more specific, more open and putting clauses in their contracts. You know, they need to in depth discuss with their clients how many people you need for how long and whether it is a temporary service or a permanent kind of service in the business. And that three month presumption that is brought into the Act is there and that is what's going to be the beginning stage of determining whether there's a permanent employment relationship or whether it's a fixed term relationship. Exactly. And that's where the contract comes in, into it. And, and Nadine's picked up 100% on that, is that the contract has to be well drafted. If there's no value in having indemnity clauses to deal with that relationship, there's not a chance a client's gonna accept that. And I wouldn't as a client. On the basis that ultimately you're gonna be left with the risk and there's no value in it. The amount of debt that will come back to you, you know, making a decision like that can cost you more, more than you ever expected. And that's the issue is that we need to ensure that from the starting point, once the employee is employed, he's not going to have an issue. 
it comes down to when the employment is terminated, for whatever reason, maybe. Either misconduct, it's either incapacity or alternatively even normal retrenchment. But the manner in which that process is dealt is going to be the key of how much risk you face. And it's important to have a good labor consultant like CISA to come and assist you to, one, make sure that the starting point of that relationship between you and the labor broker is uh, contractually reasonable and has benefits. And the second is that when it comes time to deal with the termination of those individual employees, that we do so, one, in a fair, procedurally fair, substantively fair manner and lawful manner. Because if we just simply instruct someone to remove employee X off site, that's not going to be tangible. No, definitely it becomes procedurally unfair. Absolutely. So going forward, it's important to look at your current contract if you are sitting with a labor brokerage for a lengthy period of time. And it's going to be a scenario where you have to engage with your labor broker. You're going to have to say, look, it's all fair and well now, but when it comes to when we don't need these staff members, how are we going to appropriately deal with it? And you're going to have to have a denim to that contract where you come to an agreement to say, when termination occurs, these are my obligations, these are your obligations, exactly, yeah. and we're going to do it in, the, in a fair manner. And going forward, if you are intending to use a labor broker, ensure that you have assistance in contracting with that labor broker. Definitely. Good. That's all we have for today regarding this topic.